God is good, amen? I said, God is good. Woo! Praise the Lord. Well, praise God. I love to hear some good testimonies, amen? Praise the Lord. We have, uh, of course, of our Sunday services have been uh, ministering on uh, being an overcomer, amen? We have uh, all year long been doing that because it's the year of the overcomer for a word of victory in. Come on, somebody. Beginning of the year, the Spirit of God says, this is the year of the overcomer for you, amen, for this church. And so we have been diving into that, what does that mean, and coming at it from every kind of angle you can think of. And last week, we kind of shifted a little bit and began to talk about uh, a disciplined lifestyle. Started talking about what it, what it takes, amen, if you're going to be an overcomer, somewhere along the line, you're going to have to get a little bit disciplined about a few things, come on now. Uh, you know, a little bit of uh, self-restraint or self-discipline uh, or self-control in some areas. Amen. You can pray all day for a breakthrough in an area or to overcome something. But if you're out of control, come on, somebody. And uh, every other minute you're crossing lines and then just muddying the water, so to speak. Uh, then it's hard to overcome. Are you still with me? So we talked about the power of really just living a disciplined lifestyle. And today we're going to... Uh, kind of spin off that again. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12 is where we'll go to. I think I used uh, one of these verses uh, last week uh, in, in, uh, you know, in the middle of the sermon. But we're going to start there today. Amen. You know, there are, um, you know, over the years of being in the Word and you know, ministering and seeing God do things, you know, I don't know what it's been now, uh, probably over 30 years. Um, I think I gave my heart to the Lord in 1985. I believe is when it was, and um, got, you know, turned on. We moved out in Oregon, I think the end of 85, um, got involved uh, in youth ministry in 1986, and just kind of kept going from there, you know, and, and um, over those, whatever it's been, 30-some years, um, you, you really start finding out that especially... Uh, through the Word and through seeing the principles of God uh, activated, that there are, um, uh, I guess I don't know how to explain it, may I just say they're um, clear patterns of success. Maybe I'll just say it that way. There's clear patterns. Things that work, things that don't. The good, the bad, and the ugly, amen. Uh, you know, there's clear patterns that work, and there are things that clearly don't work. And, you know, if you just stay locked on to the things that work and avoid the things that don't, it's amazing how fast God can move you along, amen, and get you to where you got to get to. Amen? Amen. And so today, uh, we got another area that we're going to talk about. To me, it's it's it's... Uh, it's pretty cut and dry, it's pretty clear, and uh, actually even whether they're saved or not saved, um, all your success gurus, if I can say it that way, uh, they all talk about this principle because it is a godly principle that was set into motion, and if you hook up to it, praise God, it works, and it's called focus, 
Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, stay focused. Amen. So today we're going to talk about remaining focused and what that means. And we're going to start in Hebrews 12 and verses 1 and 2, please, is where we'll go. Let me quickly get to there. It says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud uh, so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words, that we just got in talking about all the patriarchs of faith in, in chapter 11. So the, this is the witnesses he's talking about. He said, then let's lay aside every weight, okay, all the burdens, the hindrances, and the sin, the offenses, which so easily ensnare us. And I think that's where we kind of, last week we kind of used that verse a little bit, talking about, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, living with some, uh, with some self-restraint, learning to set some boundaries in your life a little bit. Learning to, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, eliminate those areas that always seem to hang you up. Amen. Just make a decision. Praise God. Amen. And so we talked about that. But he goes on. He says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Okay, it's set out there. It's there. But it said this. He's not looking for you to do this in your own power. He said, verse 2, looking unto Jesus. Sounds pretty Pretty cut and dry. Looking unto Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, keep looking to Jesus, will you? Looking unto Jesus. Why? Well, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Another way of saying that, the author literally means the originator. Okay? And the word finisher means uh, he's the originator and the perfecter. Amen. So he's not only the one that originated it, he's the one that helped perfect it. He's not the one that authored it. He's the one that will finish it, praise God. So the point is this, is that he's the one that knows how it works. Now, I don't know if you, you know, uh, sometimes us guys, we have a little hard time with this. But, you know, you get a box and it says this, this nasty phrase on the outside, some assembly required. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, it's like, who the heck bought this, you know. But anyway, uh, anyway, so you got to assemble this dumb thing. And so whatever, it could have been a tricycle or it could have been a, some appliance thing or some kind of thing for the kitchen or whatever, and or maybe just some whatever, something for the shop or whatever. But you got to sit here and you got to, uh, you know, and you know, you pull open the box and you got all these parts, and and uh, you know, it's like it looks pretty simple. <clears throat> and so, you know, you just kind of go to it, you know, and and then you realize you got parts left. You think, well, I guess they sent extra parts. Well, usually it's, you know, not a lot of extra parts. Usually there's something that happened that you did wrong. So I guess now I've got to go back and actually read those instructions. Hello, somebody. A lot of people live their, their walk in God that way. Uh, they just kind of live along and just kind of bump along in life thinking that, you know, this is, this is, this is how it is. And, and God said there's, just, there's things that work, things that don't. And if you hook up to what works, this thing actually works pretty good. Come on. If you don't, you get hung up, okay? Years ago, I heard a testimony by uh, another minister uh, that talked about, you know, he, at the time, had this, uh, uh, this Cessna uh, airplane, and I don't know if it was 172 Cessna or something. I can't remember now what, which one it was. It was early on in, in his walk, and, and um, so he, he could, you know, he kind of, you know, it was an all right plane. It did fine, but it, it, it uh, had a hard time staying warm in it, this plane, the heater in it didn't work right, so he was always kind of, you know, a little bummed at how this, trying to get this heater to work, and, and um, so one day the Spirit of God, you know, he was kind of grumbling about it, the Spirit of God, uh, you know, basically arrested his attention and said, why don't you read the instructions, 
Well, you know, he'd been flying for years, you know, and thought, okay. So he pulls out the thing and looking at it, do this, then do this, then do this, then do this, and then do this. Now hit the switch. And all of a sudden he had heat. <laughs> well, he had been doing, you know, <clears throat> almost all of it and probably was actually doing all, but he had a couple couple things that he had switched around, did something before the other, and he found out that the reason that that airplane was that way and it had to be in that order is because you'd start a fire. And that wouldn't be good to be ablaze while you're, you know, you know, 15,000 feet up or something, you know, and, and whatever. And uh, so that probably wouldn't be good. So they make it a certain way so you don't start a fire. And you don't blow up. So anyway, that makes sense. So anyway, the point is, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to remember he's, he, he's the originator and the perfecter. And so if we hook up to the one that designed it, I mean, a lot of these principles that are out there, uh, you know, the things that work came from God. Whether they want to give God credit or not, it's irrelevant. Are you hearing me? It still came from God. God designed a thing, he designed this principle about focus. Amen? So uh, verse uh, 2 again says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, looking unto Jesus. If you will, please put uh, uh, the amplified version of that, uh, that verse 2. It says, looking away. I love this. From all that will distract. Now, let me give you some definition here real quick before I get too far into this. The word looking, anyway, in this uh, text, it means to consider attentively or to focus upon. Okay, that's where we get this focus. The word focus itself means a point of concentration, the center of interest, or literally to direct attention upon. So whatever you direct your attention, it means that's what you're focusing on, which makes sense, right? We all, most of us kind of get that. But it says here, looking away from all that will distract, see, unto Jesus, right, who is the leader and the source of our faith, amen. So looking away, so part you got to understand that focus, for focus to really work, is you're going to have to stay focused on the right thing. Because, you know, focus isn't just about what you're looking at, sometimes it's about what you're not looking at. Are you still with me? So, you know, when we start talking about focus, we're talking about, you know, keeping our attention locked on to the right things. Amen. If we will, it works every time. Praise God. We'll get heat. Praise ye the Lord. Are you hearing me? All right. So let's, uh, from that, praise God. Uh, the word distraction. Let me just define that. Okay. Looking away from all that will distract. The word distraction means, literally means divided attention. Everybody say divided attention. So we have to stop and think. Focus is about directing one's attention or considering attentively what you're going to direct attention on versus distraction being divided attention, okay? So, uh, you know, we have to understand that you, really, I just say it this way. Uh, sometimes it does us good to just ask ourselves, you know, I'm not asking you to reply now, but ask yourself who's winning in the fight for your attention. Or what is winning in the fight for your attention? Because that could be a problem here, okay, right? If we're trying to overcome, but yet our attention is always on the wrong thing, 
you know, instead of the right thing, it could be why we're not getting some results. Here's a real uh, good statement here. We're going to go to Philippians uh, chapter 3, but on the way there, I'd like you just to think about this. And years ago, I don't know if it was Mac Hammond or I think that's who it was that made this statement, but he said that if the enemy can't distract you, he can't destroy you. I like that, amen? So if the enemy can't distract you, he can't destroy you. So no matter what kind of thing you're dealing with, if you stay focused on what you should be focused on, amen, the enemy can't destroy you. Just stay focused, amen? Are you still with me? Of course, we're going to give some more understanding of that. All right, so Philippians chapter 3. I think we used a little bit of this last week too, but we'll just go ahead and get this one, uh, look at this one. Verse 12, chapter 3. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. In other words, I haven't arrived yet. This is Paul talking. Now, this man wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, all right? And so he says, you know, listen, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't got all the answers, okay? Uh, I'm not already perfected, but regardless, I'm going to press on. Amen. I move forward, and I'm going to, that I might lay hold or seize that for which Christ Jesus has has also laid hold of me. In other words, I have purpose, and I'm just going to keep moving forward, and I guarantee you I'm going to walk in that because... I'm laying hold of him, amen, come on, hallelujah, For, and I'm, as I grab hold of him, come on, hallelujah, I'm starting to find out who I am, praise God, right, come on, but goes on, all right, verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, all right, forgetting those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, press forward. Now go back to verse uh, back to verse 14, or 13, pardon me, back to 13. All right. Now, uh, today what we're going to do, um, um, as we talk about remaining focused, um, part of what we have to do is we have to look at what we need to not be distracted with. Right? See, looking away from all that which distracts. So I got to stay focused on Him and on His ways, His principles. He's the source. He's the author. He's the originator. If I stay locked onto Him and don't allow myself to be distracted with all this other stuff, come on, somebody, I'm going to get my answer. I'm going to get my breakthrough. I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to I'm going to conquer this. I'm going to I'm going to win. I'm going to accomplish. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a big amen? amen. I'm going to obtain the prize. I'm going to obtain my promise. All right. See, sometimes all it is is that we're just distracted. Let me try this other side. Amen. Sometimes all the problem is we're just distracted. Yeah. All right. We're not focused. All right. So, amen. So here, in verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Now, this word I do here is italicized, and it is not in the Greek. And actually, as you, as you read this through the Greek, um, it, it refers to that there's one thing that he's apprehended. Okay, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing. Paul says, I don't take credit for anything except for one thing, really. He says, I'm pretty good at forgetting those things which are behind. And I reach forward to those things which are ahead. That's the implication. That's what it's saying here. See, distractions, a lot of times, a lot of people are distracted with their past. You're all caught up trying to repair everything back there. 
He didn't tell you to go back there and repair all that. He said, he said, prepare for your future, move forward, and if there's anything back there that needs fixed, let him take care of it. But if you're going to sit and worry about your past all the time, listen, it's very hard to move forward when you're constantly staring in the rearview mirror. You just can't do it. So, you know, either Jesus paid a price for that mess or he didn't. Well, I choose to believe he did. Amen. And actually he did. Amen. Uh, so, you know, the price was paid. Blood was shed. Amen. Uh, you know, you were redeemed. Amen. So that past is done. And according to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, he says, you're a new creation now in Christ. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. Amen. So Paul says, there's one thing that I've apprehended. Okay, there's one thing that I get, I've got a hold of. I know how to let go of my past. Now, he had to do that. Remember, this is the man. Do you know that even, you know, in the times he was thrown in prison, probably could have very easily been alongside somebody he threw in there. Because, you know, in the beginning, you know, he was there. He was an accomplice uh, for, for a, a stoning or two. Come on, somebody. He chased down Christians. Amen. Imprisoned them. Come on. Had some stoned and held the coats of those while they were stoning them. So all of a sudden, he has this road to Damascus experience, amen, with the Lord and realizes he's the one that's been wrong. Has a conversion, changes his life. Now he's not, no longer in the way in, in the sense of, anyway, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, now he's actually in the way, amen, hallelujah, of the Lord, hallelujah. So anyway, the point is, praise God, now he's on the right side serving God. And you know what? He understands the important principle of not being distracted by your past. I can't let my past dictate my future. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, stop being distracted with that. Amen. you got to shift your focus from the past to the future. Amen. Hallelujah. Focus on the things. I love this. Focus on the things that you can change, not on the things you can't. That fits here, right? Amen. Hallelujah. And as I mentioned earlier, stop thinking about repairing your past and start preparing your future. Praise God. Well, the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to remain focused. Amen. On your source. Remain focused. Amen. Hallelujah, on the author, amen, and finisher of your faith. Do you, can I hear a big amen? amen? All right, let's go to another one here because i got a few places i got to go here. All right, uh, 2 Timothy 2 and 4, if you put that up there, please. Amen, 2 Timothy 2, hallelujah, in verse 4. It says, no one engaged in warfare. Uh, in fact, let me get to mine. I think i got a couple notes in my, my Bible. 2 uh, Timothy and four, two, uh, chapter 2 and verse 4. There we go. <clears throat> so no one engaged uh, in warfare. It literally just means no one engaged in a, in a military campaign. Okay? How many know you're in, you're in a war? Now, your fight's not with flesh and blood, but we do have an enemy that we're in warfare with. That's why he says put on the whole armor of God, right? Because uh, we're, we're in a fight. Come on. So no one engaged in warfare entangles himself. Okay? means to involve himself or gets distracted with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. 
Now, the affairs of this life. So he's talking about being distracted by the affairs of this life. Now, how many know we have a life? And in our life, there are certain affairs and things we have to do and deal with and work through. And, you know, we have families. We got jobs. We got, you know, uh, you know little ones maybe. We got putting food on the table and making sure the lights keep coming on and, and just different things that try to pull at us and, uh, you know, the affairs of this life. The word, um, this word affairs of this life literally means practical matters. Practical matters. So not being entangled. In other words, we're, in a, we're engaged in a, in a warfare, but we're not, we're not to be entangled, not to be involved or to be distracted with just the practical affairs. You think, well, you tell me I got to ignore all that stuff? That's not what he's telling you. Amen. He's never, you know, so please don't walk out of here saying that the pastor said I'm not supposed to do anything anymore in my life. Amen. That's not what it's about. But it's learning how to not be distracted with it. That's the point. So we get, we get our focus messed up because we get so distracted with the affairs of this life. Just practical matters can just steal your attention. Just practical matters can steal your attention. And you're supposed to be focused. So if, if it ain't long, if you get distracted, remember, just, you know, focus determines a direction. So you get, you get distracted with just practical affairs. Pretty soon, practical affairs are dictating your life. And the whole idea is to let God lead. Amen. You're his sheep. Amen. Who know his voice. Who hear his voice. Who follow his voice. And you have to understand, ain't nobody knows better than you. Well, you know, let's put it this way. There is, uh, you know, we all know we have affairs, things to deal with. But God knows even more so than you do. Come on, you think, well, you just don't understand. I, no, listen, God does understand. He does know. Amen. And so he is more aware than what you are. And you think, nobody could be more aware than me. See, the more you get caught up with it, the more it consumes you. And you think, that's my life. You know, there's a, a phrase, I think it was um, um, one of those uh, directors, that, was it Lucas? I think it's, what was his name? Um, well, I think I got it in here somewhere. I don't know where I put it. Um, I guess maybe not. I thought I had it in here. But... Uh, I think, it was, I think it's George Lucas. I think that's right. And he made a statement. He said that, um, yeah, here it is. Your focus determines your reality. He says, Foc your focus is your future. And he says, what you focus on determines your reality. So you get so focused on practical affairs that you think that's just your reality. I mean, that's, I thought it was a pretty good statement because that's because your whole life's wrapped up, and that's this is my whole life. No, it ain't your whole life. That's just a part of your life right now that's trying to consume you. Come on. So he says, if you will focus on me, I'll walk you through all that stuff. Amen. Are you still with me? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of you know a lot of the, uh, these principles. It's it's amazing how many folks uh, minister on it or talk about it or share it from depending on what uh, arena they're in. Uh, but uh, focus is key. Uh, I can't remember who said this one. I didn't get it wrote down. But the reason men fail in any endeavor is broken focus. We can trace any failure to a loss of focus. 
Amen. Bruce Lee had a quote. He had a bunch of them, praise the Lord. Anyway, I don't know where he stood with the Lord. I hope he's in heaven. Amen. Everybody was kung fu. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Bruce Lee said this. He said, uh, talking about a successful warrior. He said, this is a successful warrior. An average man with laser-like focus. You can get them to be a laser-like focus, they can conquer. Just got to get them to focus. How about this guy? I don't know if you ever heard of him, Donald Trump. Um, he said, he who focuses the longest wins. I think he's proven that. Amen. Come on, somebody. All right. Hallelujah. So practical affairs sometimes can consume us. All right. We're not telling you to eliminate practical affairs in your life. We're just saying stop letting it dictate. Stop letting it be a distraction. Amen. Focus on the, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Let's go to another one here. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's see, where do we go? We'll go to Matthew 14, a common text here. Remember this whole thing? The boys are in the boat. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. Right. And so all of a sudden they, you know, they all panic. And so Jesus said, don't worry about it, it's me. And so Peter says this, Lord, you know, if it's you, bid me to come. And so Jesus said, come, right? And when Peter had come down out of the boat, the word says he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So we got two men out there walking on the water now, all right? Now there's a storm going on. Nothing's really shifted or changed, all right, except this boy, amen, forgot where he was, amen, and just, come on. Just made a decision to focus where he needed to. And when he did, amen, he's walking on water. Praise God. But, everybody say but. Sometimes them things get, get in the way, don't they? But when he saw, uh-oh, got distracted. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now, of course, we know the Lord didn't let him drown. Hallelujah. That would have been an ugly story. Where it says he reached out to grab him, and like I said, I think every time I get to this text, I, you know, I, I'm, I personally believe it doesn't necessarily say that, but I personally believe he pulled him right back up, and he probably walked back to the boat. Amen. I believe that. I mean, that's what I'd like to believe. Amen. Uh, we, we maybe in time when we get to heaven, you might see an instant replay and see him being drugged through the water. I, I don't know. I just, I just doesn't really click with me. I, I just, I just think that once he grabbed him, he's right back up on top. Praise God. Amen. So that's what I believe. So anyway, uh, but anyway, he got rebuked for doubting, for taking on a second thought. And really what it was, he got distracted. Okay, he saw that the wind was boisterous. Now, uh, to me, this, you know, he saw the storm. He, he, the storm wasn't, it wasn't any different. It was still going on, but he got, he got more focused on the storm. So he got distracted by the storm instead of staying focused on the author and finisher who was right in front of him. Are you still with me? So these are just, just maybe a way to say it. You know, uh, God, there's so many times in our life we're moving along and, 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 and when we're on top, we're like walking on water, man. But then all of a sudden, you know, there comes that storm in life or that issue, that circumstance. And before long, you're, be, you're, you're being distracted. I mean, you were just conquering, you know, 32 minutes ago. You were on top. You were, you were winning. And then all of a sudden, everything, you know, got the best. In just a split second, you saw something. And man, man, God has already shown himself strong. He's already done miracle after miracle. You're water walking, man. And you got distracted because another, another pressure moment hit. Another storm in life came. 
Stay focused. Don't let these things distract you. Look at your neighbor and say, remain focused. Amen. Remain focused, praise God. Woo! When we focus on problems, all we ever get is more problems. When we focus on possibilities, we will have more opportunities if you stay focused on the right thing. Tony Robbins, uh, one of those success guru guys, he said this, that your life is controlled by what you focus on. Hmm. Focus on your potential instead of your limitations. Amen. Another statement here, I just threw it in here. I thought this would be a good place to throw it to. Those who see the picture of a great future usually take steps toward it. But if all you focus on is everything going wrong or the pressures and the uh, things that, you know, these little moments, he said, you know, that's what hangs you up. So, amen. Let's go to Luke 10, another one here. I gotta try, I'm trying to work towards something here, so I want to see if I can get these, a few of these done here and get on to what I, uh, you know, the end here. Uh, but Martha was distracted. Remember now, Jesus come over, the posse's all there at the house. They're all in the other room, praise God, ministering. Martha's in, or pardon me, Mary's in there, uh, you know, with Jesus. And Martha, of course, uh, you, know, uh, you know, she was uh, being a little bit stressed out. <clears throat> and um, so Martha was distracted. Everybody say distracted. distracted. Distracted with much serving. Is there anything wrong with serving? That's the thing about distractions. It, it isn't like everything that you're distracted by is a bad thing. I mean, some of these things, like I said, like practical matters, it may not be a bad thing. It's just right now it's consuming you. Right now it's dictating. Right now you're distracted with it. So she's serving. She's in there trying to get dinner ready and get the table set and, you know, get the water in the glasses. And, and you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, she realized she's the only one in the house working. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Anyway, it's going to be here. Uh-uh. So mama gets mad and says, girl, get your fanny in here and help me. Come on, right? That's what she wants. So Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached Jesus. Now, Jesus is in the middle of ministering, and she interrupts Jesus. That's kind of what happens. When you let, when you let things distract you, come on, somebody. In fact, in this case, we could probably say it this way. Uh, you could get distracted with trying to do everything. Got to make sure this is done, and that's done, and this is done, and that's done. And it's, boy, it's easy. Get so caught up in that. And pretty soon, you know, when, you, when you're doing it, feel like you're just doing it because you're so caught up in it. Remember, that's your reality. That's where you're at. And you're just caught up in trying. Pretty soon you realize ain't nobody else doing anything. I must be the only one doing anything. Well, that's probably not true. But in your reality, that's what it seems like. Why? Because you're distracted. You're not focused on what you should be focused on. So she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her, get on out here. All right? Did I give you verse 41 or not? I don't know if I did. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Famous statement, right? Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. Now, she thought she was just upset about one thing. But that's what happens with this kind of thing. Uh, you know, you get so locked on, and that's where you're at. Uh, you know, you're caught up in that world, and pretty soon, everything's bothering you. I said everything starts bothering you. Pretty soon, you're looking at the glasses thinking, you know what, that Mary? She didn't even clean these things worth a hoot. I tell you what. Boy, when she gets in there, I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? She didn't dust behind this either. Oh, that Mary. 
Pretty soon, see, it's about many things. She ain't just mad because Mary in there ain't in there helping her. She's, she starts thinking about everything else. Jesus said, listen, you're, you're all caught up in everything. What's the deal? But he said, Mary chose the right thing. The one thing is needed. Mary chose that good part, which was not taken away from her. In other words, she made the decision to stay focused. On the author. Come on, somebody. Nothing wrong with serving. There's a time for serving. And if she would have just sat down in there with Mary, I guarantee you, listen, the one, come on, the one that could to turn uh, a few fish and a few loaves of bread into a feast for thousands is sitting in the room. I don't think you have to worry about lunch. Just a thought I'm having, you know. You don't have to worry about lunch. It's going to be okay. I mean, this boy can turn water into wine. Come on, somebody. You don't have to worry. Everything's taken care of. Just sit down. Stay focused. Amen. Amen. A little bit here will take care of all that. Amen. Still with me? Woo! Mercy. Zig Ziglar uh, said, uh, he said, the pro- he said a problem here. He said, here's a problem. Uh, the problem is uh, not a lack of time. The problem is a lack of focus. He said, we all have 24 hours, but you got to keep the main focus. Amen. You got to, pardon me, you gotta, the main focus is to remain focused. Amen. So if you stay focused, amen, it's not the, uh, the lo- lack of hours. That's the problem. It's the fact we just don't stay focused. Still with me? We're all over the map. All right? Uh, one brother said it this way, uh, to win, focus is a must. If you don't stay focused, we don't win. You get too distracted with things. Amen. So uh, uh, let's see. Let's go, uh, I tell you what, Mark 4. Put Mark 4 in verse 19, if you would. This, of course, is in the middle of uh, talking about um, uh, the parable of the sower. And um, uh, so seed, you know, has been sown. And it says in this, in this text here that the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things enter in, choke the word. And then what happens? It becomes unfruitful. So obviously it was started producing, but then it becomes unfruitful because things enter in, come on, and begin to choke it out. Okay, put the amplified on that one if, if we have that. All right, thank you. It says, then the cares... And anxieties of the world, come on, and distractions of the age. So that's how, that's how the Amplified words it. Are you still with me? And literally when you look at the cares of this world, it refers to business matters. So what happens is we can get so distracted with business matters, okay, and of course, you know, goes on all, you know, the deceitfulness of riches and things that, that all of a sudden we're caught. We don't even realize the deceitfulness of that. Okay, it tries to get in there. All right. God wants you wealthy. Come on, but stay focused. Got awful quiet in this house. You got to stay focused on what you should be focused on. Amen. Don't get distracted with the business affairs. Amen. Listen, God will direct you. God wants you to have, I mean, we have two ladies today testify of better jobs, of raises. Come on. All of God. But stay focused. 
on the, on the author and the finisher of your faith, praise God. Don't let these things become distractions, all right? Uh, Steve Jobs, of course, he's gone now. He's no longer with us. But he said, sometimes focus is all about just saying no. You don't have to say yes to everything. Some of you really love to hear that, and you're writing it down. I noticed that, right? I said, say no, man. I said, no. Amen. Well, make sure you're led to God. Amen. And you're no, or you're going to hear about it. But anyway, then you'll have another distraction. But I'm just saying, sometimes, you know, we just get so caught up with business matters and business affairs that it just consumes us. I love this. The key to concentration is elimination. Sometimes we've just got too many things on, too many irons in the fires. Amen. Come on. And sometimes you just have to, you know, hear God. Amen. Follow God and don't be distracted by all this stuff. Jesse DePlanis says it this way. He said, focus eliminates confusion. That's a good point. It does. Amen. Because pretty soon you're all caught up in it. I got to do this. If I don't do this. Whoa, 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 what? Well, you know, if I don't. Whoa, 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 what? Well, if I don't. Breaks. Now we're distracted. Come on. So what happens is now it's all about you and how much you do and what you do and how you accomplish. Come on now. And that's where we pretty soon we get off. And next thing you know, it's consuming you. Now we ain't got time. You know, it's like we just, I just ain't got enough time, in, no time in the day. And, and what's the first thing that's going to go? Church. Time with God. Time in the Word. All the God stuff somehow always ends up on the back burner. Because why? You're distracted. And, and God was the one, you know, even in context, when you go back to that Mark 4, God was the one, amen, who, who put the blessing in your life. Amen. God was the one who caused the increase to come. Because you were doing it right. You were seeking Him and going after Him, and then all of a sudden, here comes the blessing. Here comes the increase. Here comes the new job. Here comes the promotion. But now we're distracted with it. And then pretty soon it becomes fruitless, consumes us, and no longer producing like it should. Are you still with me? Let's look at, uh, let's look at, um, let's look at one more. We'll look at one more. I have more, but we'll look at one more. Um, Yeah, we can do this one. James 1. James 1, verse 14. Hallelujah. This would be a good place we can spin off for next year here, or next week. James 1. I'm going to read verse. I know I didn't give you these verses, but I'm going to go back to verse 12. James 1, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with, by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. That would preach right there. But each one, here we go, verse 14, each one is tempted, okay, distracted. Come on, come on, they're caught up in this, because really all temptation is is a wrong focus. Come on now. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires 
lustful longings, all it means, and enticed, which means to be uh, deluded or deceived, okay, entrapped, okay. So uh, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And it goes on to say, don't be deceived. Amen. So back to verse 14, please. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. All right? Now, somebody said, well, I, uh, you had to bring that up, didn't you, Pastor? Well, amen. What you focus on is what you pursue. Temptation is nothing but a distraction. Wrong focus. Focus always determines direction. All right? Are you hearing me? Creflo Dollar says this, that your focus determines your weight of importance. What's important to you? Well, then focus on that. Well, what happens is, you know, you get caught up in the temptations and all you're proving is what's important to you. Well, that, that hang-up or that habit, listen, I'm not trying to make, uh, make light of anything. I understood about being uh, addicted to things and, uh, you know, I had my own issues. Come on, somebody. And, uh, you know, uh, I guarantee you, you don't walk free from your addiction by staring at it. You sit and you focus on your addiction, guess what? You stay addicted. You've got to guard what you sit your attention on. You know, uh, they, they have a phrase out there, just say no to drugs. Well, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful statement. Too bad it doesn't work. Because you can't just say no to drugs. You have to say yes to something else. Or you'll always go back to the drugs. Are you still with me? All right. So just say no isn't enough. It's a good start, but you're going to have to see it's about stop focusing on this. Start focusing on what you should be focusing on. Boy, I'm glad this is the last one. (laughs) We're awful quiet in here. Whoo, mercy. Well, let's look at a couple examples, and I'll just do this. Just We'll kind of shoot through it here just uh, for the sake of But Genesis 3, Eve was distracted with the tree. The Word says it was pleasant to the eyes, so she got distracted with it. Judges 14, Samson was distracted with the beauty of women. Dude, what you doing? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's okay to look as long as I don't touch. Really? You look long enough and it ain't long, you're going to be touching, dude. Still with me? That's how this works. Okay. Uh, 2 Samuel 11 says, David was distracted with the beauty of Bathsheba. The word says clear he should have been out at war like most kings were at that time, but he's out hanging out on the patio and he's bored out of his gourd. So he's standing up there looking down over the other roof lines and go, woo, looky, looky, right? He's thinking to himself, winner, winner, chicken dinner. And all he did was get himself in trouble because you got focusing on the wrong thing. And now you're in trouble. Now it crosses, and then next thing you know, now we're killing a man, having a man basically murdered. Hello, somebody. I mean, it just, it just it snowballed, all because of where he put his attention. He got distracted. 
Are you still with me? Okay, well, we're about done. Hang on. Okay, but you know, so now his son. Okay, dude, how many women do you need? So second, uh, pardon me, first Kings and 11 says Solomon was distracted with the allures of his wives. This is Yeah, a lot of them, okay. So anyway, he was distracted, all right. The word says even that uh, in, uh, in, in 1 Kings 11 says that they had then turned his heart, okay. They turned his heart from God. We're talking about the man that started out right. Come on, the smartest man on the planet that got stupid. Right? All because of attention. All because of distractions. The word to be turned away means to, uh, to be bent away or spread out, but literally means deflected, distracted, sidetracked, or driven off course. Amen. And it's that simple. You get distracted with something, and it ain't long, and you're driven off course. And next thing you know, you think you're okay, but you're not okay. Because you're off course, and it doesn't take much, you know. You get, you know, you know, you get a degree off, you know. You go a block, okay. You're a few steps off, okay. But you go a mile down the road. Come on, somebody. You go ten miles down the road. You're probably in the wrong town. <laughs> That's the way it works. Amen. God's good. Amen. Okay, we'll let that happen right there. Good place to pick up next week. Are you coming back next week? Maybe. Probably a good thing I got to that one, though, first. You really needed that one. We all need that one. Amen. Keep your head right. Keep your heart right. Keep your focus right. Come on, somebody. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you real quick. Hallelujah. Again, thank you uh, for letting me get that far with it today. And appreciate uh, an ear to hear today and a heart to receive. Hallelujah. You need to remain focused. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and glory once again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this principle. Thank you, Lord God, for just uh, uh, really giving us insight and understanding. Maybe, maybe. In a sense, maybe because of this, you've arrested our attention. Cause us to take a look at what is winning in our attention or stealing our attention. So, Father, I thank you. Hallelujah. That in this house are overcomers, conquerors, those who prevail, those who win, those who are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. That in this house are a people, Lord God, that win, hallelujah, hallelujah, in all areas. And so, Lord, I thank you that there are focused people, focused on your promises, focused, hallelujah, on, on 
uh, Lord, all that which you've led or guided them towards. Amen. Staying focused on the author and finisher of our faith. Staying focused, amen, on your word. Hallelujah. And the principles of life. Hallelujah. So, Father, I give you praise today. Hallelujah. That what you began, you are finishing. Because in this house is a focused people. And we give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.